Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Restoring Grace Radio on blogtalkradio.com. My name is David Fournier, Senior Instructor here at Restoring Grace. Thank you for joining us either live or on archives. Restoring Grace Radio is here to provide online lessons about the Christian faith, our history, our documents, and how to express our faith to a very needy world. Thank you for listening, and now, on to our broadcast. Fournier, Senior Instructor here at Restoring Grace. Whether you're joining us live or on archive, thank you so much for sharing your time with me. Welcome to another episode of the Zohar in 15. Uh, excited to share this one with you. This talks about the work of correcting your soul. The work of correcting your soul. And we'll be working from the Zohar in the English edition in a portion Mishpatim in volume 10. When you listen to great lessons, and you listen to great teachers, and I don't think that I'm either one of those, but when you listen to great teachers and great lessons, that may help to listen. But it really takes effort to reveal light. It takes effort to understand what you're being taught and how to apply it. My encouragement to you is that don't just be listeners and don't just be thinking about what's happening, but actually spend the time of putting the effort in to try and understand what's happening. And one way you can do that is don't automatically throw the curtain up. Oh, nope, that's not what I believe. Oh, I've never heard that before. Oh, that's not a Christian theology or a Jewish theology. Just be open to at least receiving, to at least hearing. Now, the Zohar opens up in verse number 53 in Mishpatim. It says this, and it says, The Torah that gives advice to all who realize that admonishes people in the world saying, See how much the Holy One, blessed be He, has compassion for you. He sold for free the good gem He had, namely the soul, so that you will cultivate it in this world. Man, that's a great thing. Listen, He sold for free the good gem, namely your soul, so you can cultivate it in this world. We have this gem that we were given without price. And by the way, this is a very consistent theme throughout. Uh, rabbinic uh, legends, rabbinic tales, rabbinic stories, Jesus uh, told with the pearl of great price. Uh, later in Christian uh, theology, the hymn of the great pearl, the idea of receiving something with great benefit without price is a theme throughout Judaism, throughout the scriptures, throughout the Zohar, throughout the Torah. Now, it says you've got to cultivate it in this world. Now, we need to cleanse this gem, to, to clean off what's called the klipot, or the covering. Briefly, I'll explain to you that in Kabbalah, the klipot, the coverings, play a huge part in understanding how things operate. I want you to think of a bright light, and you take a tissue paper and you lay it over the light. Well, the light's still there. It's not quite as bright. You lay more tissue and a paper towel and then a napkin and then a washcloth and then a towel. You pile up enough coverings on it, and you no longer can see the light. The light, by the way, is still on. It's still there. It's still illuminating, but these coverings, the clipos, these coverings, have covered the light so that you don't see it. Our mission 
Our correction, the word is called tikkun, this correction is to return the gem back to God clean, return our souls back clean. <coughs> Some of you may say, well, the work of Jesus already accomplished all that on the cross. I agree with that from a Christian perspective. But simply saying that work's already been done and I have no work to do is unacceptable. Many religions, now you're, by the way, your soul, the gem, it has its unique purposes, it has its unique challenges, it has its own DNA, no one's like you, it has its own path, no one can take that path for you but you. Now many religions, including Christianity, have kind of a cleansing experience in their conversion practices. But this again, like I said a moment ago, falls way short of explaining how hard the work is to keep clean, to keep that soul clean, how hard it is to to uh, to work through our past conflicts. Tikkun, our correction, it, uh, is hard work. It's a daily challenge. Good news is God will continue to keep sending you challenges and things in, and obstacles in your past so you can learn how to deal with them better. Unexplainable fear. We encounter blockages, negativity, things that slow down the work of cleansing our soul. Unexplainable fears, short circuits, you know, things that we try to connect and we just can't figure it out. Negative thinking, our thoughts, our selfishness, being self-absorbed, having blinders to the negative people around us, a lack of certainty in the creator, blind to how great our gem is, to how much difference we're making, we can make, we will make in this world, and also our false attachments, things that we think are really benefiting us, things that we think are, are placed in, that, in, the, in our path because this is it, but they're really just sucking the life out of us, kind of like energy vampires. And we need to be careful of our false attachments, holding on to things that have no correcting power, that have no ability to make this better. Now, the Zohar goes back, and, and we come back to verse number two on page number 276. It says this, referring to the Hebrew, the seventh year of releasing the Hebrew slaves, if you buy a Hebrew servant, six years he shall serve, and in the seventh he shall go free. Shemot 21.2, Rabbi Shimon said to them, friends, a time has come to reveal some hidden mysteries concerning the incarnation, the cleansing of the soul. If you buy a Hebrew servant, six years he shall serve. Namely, the soul is required to incarnate, to cleanse, either because of sins or because it is not completely fulfilled during its lifetime, the Torah and the precepts. It is forced to come back to this world and dawn a body, that is to be born again and finish what was imposed upon it for the 70 years of life in this world. Now, it's interesting to note that in Judaism, they don't particularly believe in reincarnation. I'm going to come back as a squirrel. I think that'd be fun. I'm going to come back as these different things. They believe that the soul goes back. If the soul does not complete its correction, does not complete its tikkun, that that soul returns back into the heavens. God cleans it back up and puts it back into another body to keep cycling through these events. You say, oh, that's completely crazy. It's much less crazy than understanding, having the concept of understanding that a soul that doesn't make it simply goes to hell. It's interesting to note that the Zohar is comparing slaves and slavery to the journey of our soul. We are here to work, to push hard, to cleanse our souls. It will never be easy, but it can be better. We're all slaves to our own reactivity. And someday I think I just want to do a class on reactivity. We'll see how that goes. But reactivity is, is exactly what it sounds like. You know, if you, if you stub your foot on uh, on something really hard and it hurts, you react to that, and you'd expect to. That's a natural reaction. 
if you drink something that's really hot, you react to that. It's a natural reaction. But we react to a lot of things that we don't need to react to. But what's interesting in that is we're slave to our own reactivity, to our own judgmental attitudes, our own vices. We need that opportunity to be released, to be born again. It is fascinating that 2,000 years ago, the writers, recording the commentary in the book of Zohar, used the phrase that Jesus himself uses. He says, being born again. Now, I want you to think of that six years, kind of like six levels or six pathways or six steps. Think of it like six climbs of a hill, always pushing, always getting to the top, always climbing, always working hard. But the gravity of life, many of you know that you, you, know, you can't jump from here to the top of a building. Only Superman can do that. Some guys can slam dunk a basketball. I'm pretty sure I can run into a pole that holds the basketball hoop up. That's all I got. But the gravity of life, Asatan, our opponent, the challenges and obstacles, they push down on us. Cleansing and correction are hard work, are hard work. That's what they are. And I want you to remember something that I don't hear people teach on very much, but I think we need to get back to. When that six years occurred and that seventh year of release happened for those slaves, those people didn't die. Remember that even after their release, the former slaves now must continue on with life, but now from a position of being free, or in a sense, an elevated position, which is what our work of our soul is about. It's about moving from one step to another one to another one to, to getting closer and closer to the perfected self, to working our correction in our soul to the point where we're finally free from our past and free from that negativity and free from our reactivity. But even still at that point, it's still work. Now, in verse number 438, page number 493, for those of you keeping up with me, that's way in the back. Hang on just a moment while I thumb back there. Well, it's way back there. Here it is. The masters of the Mishnah have established that the righteous is judged by the good inclination and the evil man by the evil inclination. The intermediate man is judged by both. I want you to think about that for a minute. The intermediate man is judged by both. If we're striving in our life to climb, say those, to break free of those six years of slavery, to break those six steps to do that, and we're doing it with the right heart and with the good inclinations, and we're and we're making the right decisions for our correction, then we're judged by the good inclination. It's the one that says, "Well, this would be the path for you to take." God's giving us assistance; He's helping us. If you're evil and you have no interest in that, you're only out for the desire to receive for the self alone, and that's the only thing that you're interested in. Then you're being judged by that. You're not doing enough. You're not taking care of yourself enough. You're not doing enough things for yourself. You're not rewarding yourself enough. <laughs> but when we choose not to do the work, to kind of float spiritually, it's interesting that the Zohar says you're going to get jammed up on both sides. The good inclination and the evil inclination will be fighting with you, judging you, stretching you. You ever feel like that tension in your life? I know you do. <laughs> judging is the return of our attitudes and judgments that we put on others. Let me say that again. Judging is the return of our attitudes and judgment we put on others. The book of Ecclesiastes tells us if you cast your bread upon the waters, after many days it will return to you. If you're judging, if you're harsh on people, if you're mean-spirited towards people, and eventually it hits out the waters, but it comes back onto your own shore. Judging, by the way, is caused from our perceptions. How we see the events unfolding and their impact on us. And by the way, this is an exhausting perception. 
I meet people all the time that are like this. Everything is either good or bad. If it's something they like and they want it to happen, that was good, and that came from God. If it's something bad that happened to them, well, that was evil, and it came from Satan. Remember the intermediates, the person that sits in the middle getting hit from both sides? The rabbis say this and that is for the good. Rabbi Shaul, a New Testament author who wrote much of the New Testament and the Bible, said that all things work together for the good. Because when we express energy, when we're exposed, right, for who we are, of fear, of judgment, of anger, of being a victim, this again creates more coverings and more hardness and not cleansing. And not cleansing. The perception that if it's good, it's for me. If it's bad, it's not for me. It's, it can only work out good. It can only work out bad. Instead of the spiritual path taking, like I said, those six years of slavery, saying all these things that are happening to me right now. Boy, this is tough. All these things that are happening to me. By the way, when horrible things happen to you, I'm not suggesting you say it was my fault. I asked for it. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that all those things that do happen to us, the horrible things, the hard things, the great things, the fun things, the the try things out things that happen, all are a synergy that are trying to work together to help us to cleanse our souls. When we have an angry self, a disturbed self, a tired self, when we call on Hashem, we need to call on God and ask him to connect us to our perfected self. Many people, when they pray, they're simply asking for a way out. They're not asking for a way through. Why does this keep happening? These moments of disturbance, these moments of pain, these moments of suffering. I can tell you that. These are triggers sent by God to help identify where your soul lies. Think about that. These are triggers sent by God to help identify where your soul's work lies. I mean, how hard would it be if we had no path to correction, if we didn't know what we needed to do? Where do we need to go? Think of it like this. Instead of saying, I hate where I'm at right now. I, I hate this is happening to me. I hate that my life is like this, saying I'm responsible for my life right now. I'm responsible for where I'm located right now. I'm responsible for the things that are happening in my life right now. And taking that responsibility means now I can adjust my attitude, my frame of mind, and every person, every emotion, every event in my life is now a message from God, a message from the universe to show me the path to correction. If it's irritating me, if it's it's causing me to be angry or to be fearful, then I need to confront it and see what it is and understand that it's got to be taken out of my life. I've got to put it away. My name is David Fournier, Senior Instructor here at Restoring Grace. Whether you're joining us either live or on archive, thanks so much for hanging out with me today for the Zohar in 15.